the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. And now I'm going to talk about another very important quality that will cause you to be resilient in life and a quality that your children need as well. And that quality is the quality of grit or the quality we might also identify as perseverance. Would you say that word with me, perseverance? The other word is grit. It's a word that is often used in educational environments now that children need to be gritty. They need to have the capacity to persevere, to endure, to continue steadfastly in the face of all kind of opposition or difficulties. And if you're going to be successful in life, and if your children are going to be successful in life, they need to be gritty. Not greedy, but gritty. And there's a big difference. This grittiness enables you to go through the toughest times of life. And you find this quality in the great men and women of the Bible. Paul the Apostle in the, Old, in the New Testament was a man who learned how to go through the toughest times, often being jailed for, for his preaching of the gospel, his stand for his belief in the resurrection and the deity of Jesus Christ. And he ends up going through all kinds of challenges, but nevertheless, he is gritty, he is persevering, he is enduring in his faith, Amen. even to the point of being martyred for his faith. Your destiny... Your legacy will be determined by the grittiness of your life. The legacy, the destiny of your children will be determined by the grittiness, by the capacity they have to persevere or their lack thereof. So the question becomes for us to look at today and for the next couple of weekends together, what does it mean to be gritty? What do we need in our lives? Because if you don't have the grit inside of you, you're never going to bounce back from the toughest times of life. You have to have this quality inside of you. So how do you and I develop it? First of all, it starts by this very important movement in your life or commitment in your life, the commitment to depend on the true source of strength. This is where everything begins. It's important to remember that human strength, your human strength and my human strength is limited. Many things in life will be and are too hard for anyone to face and to overcome by themselves. 
There are things in our life that bring us to the end of our own strength, the end of our own wisdom, the end of our own intelligence, the end of our own abilities. There will be things in life that will bring your children to the end of their own abilities, their own strength, their own capacities. And the sooner actually that we come to the end of ourselves, the quicker we are to acknowledge our need for someone who is greater than ourselves. And that one who is greater than ourselves is none other than God Almighty. You cannot make it to your full potential in life. You cannot make it through the most difficult seasons of your life without finding strength in someone other than yourself. You are not enough. Your children are not enough in and of themselves. Your child will never make it to their full potential in life without a relationship with God. And I will submit to you parents here today that you and I must recognize and understand that the greatest gift that you will ever give to your children is not a great education. Although education is wonderful, it's not sending them to an Ivy League college. It's not all the amazing extracurricular activities that you will provide them or the greatest stuff that you will give them. But the greatest thing you will ever give to your child is a recognition that they need God above anything else. They need a relationship with God because we all come to the end of ourselves. We must come to depend on a source that is greater than ourselves because you don't have enough air to keep this ball inflated. You don't have enough ability, nor do I, to keep this ball inflated as it needs to be, to be resilient in the pressures of life. Only God can be that source internally inside of you. David, as I mentioned a moment ago, was a man who understood resilience in his own life. And I want you to notice what he says in Psalm 28, verse number 7. The Lord is my strength. Who was David's strength? His strength was not David. His strength was not his relationship with other people. His strength was the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and and with my song, I praise him. So David acknowledges the fact that his resilience came not from something that was inherently in him, but was in his relationship with God. The apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord. Notice it says, be strong in, not yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul gives us a sense of this in his own life in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 of how he learned to depend upon a source that was greater than himself. When he writes these words, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. We came to the end of ourselves. We could not endure. We didn't have enough grit to do it ourselves so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened. Notice this. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What was the key to the apostles Paul, Paul's resilience? It wasn't his own brilliance. It was the fact that he'd learned to depend upon God. The greatest thing that you and I can do in our life is to learn to demonstrate dependency upon God and to teach this to our children. They need to understand and value this. And dependence upon God is demonstrated in a variety of ways. Let me give you four ways that you prove that you're dependent upon God. Number one, you prove it by your prayer life. 
If you're not praying, you're not depending. If your prayer life is very weak and very, very scattered, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you haven't learned the value of dependence upon God. You and I need God every minute, every hour, every day. When things are going well, when things are not going well, in every season of life, fall, winter, spring, summer, every dimension of life, we need God. And prayer, a prayerful life shows that, God, I depend on you and I'm in relationship with you. I'm in communication with you. And so as we're talking to God, it shows we're depending upon God that needs to be built as a regular part of your life and something that you help your children develop as well. The value of talking to a God that loves them and a God that will listen to them when they pray. And then you need to have an awareness of the promises of God in your life. That's depending upon God. Because the promises of God will carry you through when nothing else can. I can't tell you the number of times in my life when I felt like I just wanted to quit. I didn't feel like I had any more to give. Have you ever been there before? You're just at the end of yourself. There's nothing else. I I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. It's all over with. I have nothing else. And then God comes along and he gives you a promise. And the promise puts some wind in your sails. The promise puts some air in your basketball. That promise begins to resonate inside of you. And you're you're renewed in strength as only God can bring it into your life. Why? Because you learn that, that God's promise will sustain you. So you teach your children the promises of God. You lay hold of God's promise for your life. And then you learn, thirdly, to trust in God. Trust in God is an ability to have confidence that God is going to take care of you even when you can't see how he's going to take care of you. You don't need trust if you can figure everything out. You only need trust when you can't figure it out. You need trust in the darkest moments of your life when you can't see Hardly your hand in front of your face and you're trying to figure out what life is doing to you and what's coming next and what's coming around the corner. Trust says, God, I'm confident that even though I can't see it, I know you see what I can't see and my trust is in you. Build it into your life. Why? Because it allows you to demonstrate I'm depending upon God. And then fourthly, make sure that you live a life of patience in your relationship with God. Because patience means you're depending upon him. Patience says this. Patience says, I'm confident. Listen closely. Patience says, I am confident that in God's timing, he will always do what is right and good concerning me. I am confident that in God's timing, he will always do what is right and what is good concerning me. And that means that you can wait your way through whatever comes your way because you're confident that in God's timing, not your timing, but in God's timing, he is going to always do what is right and what is good concerning your life. Why? Because he loves you. Can I encourage you today, if you and I are going to be gritty people and raise some gritty kids, some kids who know how to persevere when life gets tough, you and I need to depend on the one true source of strength. And there is truly only one true source of strength. We know him in our relationship to the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. The second thing today you and I need to see as God sees. If you want to be gritty, you've got to have a change in your vision. You've got to have a change in your view. Instead of just seeing with your natural eyes, you have to develop an internal vision. 
an internal capacity to see what can only be seen through the eyes of a relationship with God. A vision that helps you to see beyond just your circumstances. Another word for that vision is perspective. To have the right perspective on on God, the right perspective on yourself, the right perspective on other people, the right perspective on the world around you. Because if your perspective, if your internal vision is warped, if your internal vision is clouded, if your internal vision is misdirected, you're going to have a hard time persevering. Because all you're going to see are the problems of life around you. You'll never see beyond that. You need to see and I need to see and our children need to see through what I would call God lens. To see through the perspective of God. And there's a story in the Bible that I want to remind you of in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story of the prophet Elisha. And there was a time in Elisha's ministry when he was being attacked by a group of people actually surrounding him by an army. An army of, the, of, the, of, of Syria coming against him. And he had one of his servants there with him. And we find this story described for us in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I want you to notice the difference in the vision between Elisha and Elisha's servant and the prayer that Elisha prayed, a prayer that you and I need to pray as well. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, this is the the servant of Elisha. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And so the servant wakes up early the next morning, one morning, and he looks out and he sees this vast army surrounding he and Elisha, two of them. That's all he could see, me, Elisha. Didn't see anybody else. All that he saw was the army, the enemy surrounding him. And notice verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. What do you mean, don't be afraid? There are two of us, and we're surrounded by all this host of enemies. But Elisha said, those, listen to this, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Stop there for a moment. You got you to understand what's going on. Here's Elisha and the servant. And Elisha's servant just heard Elisha say, there's more with us than with them. Yes. And Elisha's servant's counting one, two. <laughs> because all he could see was two against many. But Elisha had a different vision. Amen? Yes. Elisha had something going on on the inside of him that the servant didn't have. Amen? Yes. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, Frederick? Are you with me, Gaithersburg? Okay. Elisha had a vision on the inside that the servant didn't have. And so in verse 17, here's the answer to the situation. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See the difference. What caused Elisha to have resilience was his vision. Amen. He was able to see as God saw. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8 when he says, Knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced, I see, I understand that neither neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, no matter what I go through, I can see something that others can't see. I can see the love of God. I can see something because I have it a vision on the inside. A great passage of Scripture spoken by Jesus himself in the book of Revelation that you and I need to remember as well. Jesus said these words, I am, chapter 22, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That whatever you're going through, don't worry because he's already gone through it with you. Amen, okay? Whatever you're facing in your life, he said, have the vision that I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. And when you get to the end, you can be assured that victory always accompanies the end. Amen? So here's some questions for you. You'll see them on the screen today. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Think about it. How does God see you? What's your vision of how God sees you? When he looks at you, what does he see? Does he see his precious child? Does he see someone who's going after him and seeking to follow him? What does he see when he sees you? And the second question is, how do you see God? What's your image of God? How do you view God? How are your kids learning something about how to view God? Who is he really? What's his nature? What's his character? How do you view him? And then the third question is, in light of how you see God, how do you see yourself? Because If you see God the right way, then you should see yourself the right way. Because when you see yourself through God's eyes, everything's different. Gideon learned this lesson, did he not? In the book of Judges, chapter 6, Gideon is is afraid. He's up in in a cave in a mountain threshing out some wheat for his family because he was afraid the Midianites were going to come and steal everything his family had. And God showed up in angelic form there in that moment and said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon was surprised because he was living in fear, but God saw him as a man of valor. And he rose up and helped the Israelites defeat the Midianites. Why? Because the image that he had of himself changed because he saw himself as God saw him. And everything changes when we begin to see ourselves as God sees us. And the fourth question I would encourage you to ask yourself, to reflect upon, to think about is in light of how God sees you. How do you view your obstacles? How do you view your challenges? How do you view your difficulties? If you really know who God is, and how God sees you, and you see yourself the way God sees you, then you will view your obstacles differently. I promise you, you will. I'll give you the proof of that. Anyone remember the story of David and Goliath in the Bible? You remember that story? Okay. What are the elements of that story that we need to remember today? Here's a key element to the story. When David walked in, you can read about this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When David walks in to the battlefield... Initially, what's happening is Goliath is intimidating the whole army of Israel. Every day they would come out to, to, to confront Goliath and Goliath would speak some words and they would all run away because they believed giant was the, that Goliath was the biggest giant they'd ever seen. But David comes on the battlefield and David doesn't see a giant. David sees God. Okay? 
And when everybody else saw the giant, David saw God and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? Where is my slingshot? We're going to show this guy something about who God is, okay? So when you begin to have... This, this thing inside of you, this vision inside of you that sees differently, not just what you see externally, because the Israelite army, they could see externally, they saw the obstacle, but David saw differently. He had resilience. He was able to bounce back in the battle. Why? Because he saw what other people couldn't see. His vision was the right vision. What is your vision? What vision are you training your children in today? Thirdly, Third lesson for today, engage obstacles and challenges and difficulties and changes. Engage them. If you have the right vision and you have the right source of strength in your life, then when obstacles and challenges and difficulties and changes come that are, that are, that are, that are upsetting potentially to people... It allows you to do something with them that's positive and productive. It allows you to engage them instead of running away from them. You know that a lot of people spend their whole life running away from obstacles? Every time an obstacle comes up, they try to find a way around this obstacle and a way around this challenge. They're always looking for the least path of resistance. And so they never develop fully into the person that God wants them to be because they never face or deal with any kind of obstacles or challenges in life. But when you have the right source of strength and the right vision, then you can actually engage the obstacles that you face with something called faith. See, faith is a key element of being resilient. Faith is not a feeling that you have. Faith is believing in God and believing in who God says He is and what God says He's going to do in your life. And you need faith. You need faith and your children need faith. Okay? Your children need to understand what faith is and they need to see faith in operation in your life as well. Because the Bible makes it very clear. Listen closely today. The Bible makes it very clear that obstacles and difficulties and challenges and changes are going to come our way in life and they will test something in your life. They will test your faith. Okay. In fact, the scripture says that's why we experience them. James chapter 1. Look at what James says. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, what's testing the faith? Trials of many kinds. See, there's no testing of faith without trials. There's no proving of faith without trials. Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, what does it produce? What's the next word? Perseverance. It produces grit. It allows allows you to be stronger on the inside. Let perseverance, let this grittiness finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Paul speaks of this in Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, in our trials, our tribulations, because we know that suffering, trials, tribulations produce perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Testing, testing of your faith produces something in you. It produces perseverance. It produces grit. It produces depth of character. If you are going through something today, and I'm talking to someone here today, probably many of you here today, if you're going through a very difficult, 
set of circumstances in your life right now, obstacles, trials, or testings of your faith, let me encourage you today, may your faith rise in the midst of it to face that and say, my faith is bigger than my problems. My faith is bigger than my obstacle. My faith is bigger than my giant. Amen? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word and make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shields of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.